I didn't even think for a second that you were going to be on Transparent Soul when I first made the record. You know, that was kind of just like a far-fetched fever dream. And then the fact that you were even interested, I was just honored. And I just wanted to ask you, what about Transparent Soul inspired you enough to get on it at all? I was so impressed and I was like, this is what she should have been doing all along because it sounds so natural. This past spring, Willow Smith released a song called Transparent Soul. It's loud, it's full of guitars and pounding drums, and Willow's snarling about boys who are snakes and fakes. In other words, it's punk rock, which was not necessarily what you'd expect from Willow. That's her stage name, by the way, no Smith. To that point in her career, Willow had stuck closer to R&B and pop. Though Transparent Soul wasn't totally out of nowhere. For one thing, Willow's mom, Jada Pinkett Smith, had fronted the new metal band Wicked Wisdom back in the day. And one of Willow's closest collaborators is Travis Barker, who played drums on Transparent Soul. Barker has also reinvented himself over the years, going from Blink-182 drummer to songwriter to producer and label owner. Most recently, he's become this kind of pop-punk mentor for a younger generation, working with artists like Trippy Red, Sway Lee, Jaden, and Machine Gun Kelly. So it was a pretty natural fit when Barker and Willow sat down to interview each other one day in September. They have a lot of respect for each other and excitement over what they see as a rock revival in recent years. I mean, like it's exciting rock music's back and there's no other, in my opinion, strong, talented female that plays guitar that's even in this genre of music or comes close to it. I feel like we are going into a new era where this generation is just blurring so many lines and really starting to just break out of all the boxes, which is very exciting. This is Musicians on Musicians, where the artists ask the questions. I'm Christian Horde, music editor for Rolling Stone, and in this episode, Willow and Travis Barker. Hey listeners, I want to take a second to let you know about Allstate's new lower rates. Just a little tip to help you save a lot of money. Better protection for a whole lot less. Go online or call 1-800-ALLSTATE for a quote today. More than two decades separate Willow and Travis. Willow actually just turned 21 on Halloween. But they both love punk rock and skateboarding culture. They even share an appreciation for the advantages of having a shaved head. They got together with moderator Samantha Hissong to discuss the ins and outs of collaboration, what it meant to be a black woman in rock, and the thrill of shattering expectations. Willow, I swear there's nothing I've made or I've been a part of since Transparent Soul that sounds like you. It turned out to be a song that I was really proud of. And then for months wow. to come after it was released, different people that would come in the studio would mention that song as one of their favorite things wow. that I've done of Reese, which was really cool. Whether it was like Whore or it was Ryan Tedder or Omer Fetty, like MGK, it was really cool to hear everyone's response to it and see how it was just so well received, you know? I was nervous to see how people would respond because that wasn't the bulk of the kind of music that I was creating, but I feel like you just brought such a special vibe to it. And I kind of want to ask, what is your process when you're creating music on your own? So I usually love to work 
with a guitar player or I'll start off something on piano or just totally. the little guitar that I play. And then, I mean, for me, I love writing about stuff that I've gone through or I can totally. like manipulate a situation that I'm in and think of awful things like what if it ends or... 100%. Yeah, like all these different scenarios. Or, I mean, sometimes it's like a piece of art that I have at the studio that I look at and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a great idea. When I came by to your studio, like it's just such a beautiful space. And I think that it allows you to create from that place of inspiration because there's so much art around you. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, I, I love that space. Yeah. And you were so great when you came through there. So not to get off subject, but my old studio was in a really weird neighborhood. There was like dead people in the alleyway. Oh my I, goodness. Like something <laughs> told me it was time to go and everyone was like, you can't leave it. It's magic. But the new spot is like, I do feel the best energy there, but yeah, I'll usually like start something from scratch. Oh, I like like this tempo or I like this rhythm. And then once the blueprint of the song is there, like my expertise is figuring out transitions and bridges and 100%. Yeah. And arrangements. You know, I was just in the studio the other day and a song started off completely different. It was sort of a sleeper and then it turned into something just insane that everyone loved just with a matter of production changing and we wrote this hook and idea that's just screaming for you to be on it oh my goodness yes i would love that that's amazing that you thought of me thank you so much yeah it's gonna be awesome i love songs that surprise you and like evolve yeah me too because a good song is a good song and you can kind of produce it any way you want. You know, it could be a pop punk song. It could be yeah. a rap song. It could be anything. Production is everything. And just, I guess, having your gut and your knowledge to know where to take it. So important. I feel like that's what either lets me sleep at night or not. You know, sometimes I go into the studio and I'm like, I didn't figure out the puzzle. And then totally. sometimes I'm like, I did and it's the best night ever. And I don't go to sleep thinking about arrangements. 100% because when all of those pieces are in the right place, there's just a feeling that's undeniable. Yeah. I will say that once I started really, really getting into producing, my whole relationship with music changed because I felt like now I had full control over like how I created my music. Because a lot of the time, if you're just a vocalist or you don't really have that knowledge of production that much, even if you just play another instrument, you can kind of feel like you need other people to help you make music. And I just felt like production was such a beautiful gift to like just start figuring out exactly how I wanted to make music. You know, just from someone who has experienced and worked so much in this industry, I just want to know, like, what is something that you're looking forward to in your personal relationship with music? For me, it's the songs I don't know I can write. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, when you go to the studio you don't know what you're leaving with. And those sweet surprises when you leave and you're like, wow, we went in not knowing what we were going to do. And I, and by the way, I love that. I don't really like going into a session being like, oh, I'm going to try to like pitch this to Willow or pitch this to whoever. You know what I mean? I kind of like just going yeah. whatever happens. And that's like, when you went to the studio, you didn't have that. And when you left, you did. That's what's exciting to me. And just the unknown, that, that's like really exciting to me. 
and just having that freedom to just work with different kinds of artists and do different kinds of music. I yeah. think that's one of the most inspiring parts of your journey for me is you just evolving and growing and really being an artist and, and not just a drummer. And everyone knows this, but like sometimes I feel like when you're so iconic, like you are with one specific thing, a lot of people get locked in that. And I feel like you found such a beautiful way of not being locked into that category and just doing whatever you want as your own artist. For sure. I think it's like, I'm sure like you had to deal with it too, but whatever your most popular song is, your most popular band you played in is what you are to some people. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm actually like a million things you don't know about. Like, it's just what I got popular from, you know? Totally. Is there anything you would say to your younger self? Like, when you first started playing music? I think for me, and I think from like a young age, I was always like, I don't want to be boxed in. Like I grew up skateboarding. So like on skate videos, you had the best punk rock, the best thrash music and the best rap music. Is that kind of how you figured out you wanted to make music? Yeah, like skateboarding was the soundtrack to my life where I kind of grew up not just listening to one genre. And to me, they all came from the same place, like skateboarding. Like we could listen to all that and go skate for the day and feel great. Because it was a culture, like it still is. I mean, skateboarding is a full on culture. Yeah, it absolutely is. Like it taught me how to dress. It taught me what music to listen to. And I think just not boxing myself in from the very beginning and doing stuff like in the beginning, going and playing like with Wayne at the same time I was playing in punk rock bands was yes. important to me. One year I played the country music awards and I don't yeah. know, something else, the Grammys with a different artist. And those, that's like my favorite because at the end of the day, we're musicians and yeah, punk rock is something I'm definitely rooted in and I'll never grow out of, but it doesn't mean I can't sit down and read a chart, like a jazz chart and be just fine, you know? And I enjoy both equally. You, you said read a chart? Yeah. So like I grew up reading music. That's how I learned how to play jazz. I really wish I, uh, I wish, I wish I did more study on the theory side of music because I feel like that's so important. And I kind of just went headfirst into like the fully intuitive creative side of it. I think one day I'll just sit down and really just like power through it, you know? Yeah, but like the almost like for some people, because they have no creatives, they have to learn how to read music and that's how they learn how to play music. And then there's people that are just like creatives that pick up a guitar. They have no idea what they're doing and they're playing the most beautiful thing ever. And they're the best songwriters. I can't remember the last time I wrote a song and taught it to someone and wrote a chart for them to learn it. It's like a great tool to have, but it's unnecessary too, you know? No, I feel you. I feel like it also depends on what kind of musicians you're playing with too and what their culture is like, because then you're basically just going to be doing what the people that you jam with are doing. Yeah. Are you going to be going on any tours soon or playing any shows? I did the VMAs with Kells and then I did like oh, the Central amazing. Park show. And then I'll just play like the LA shows, just stuff that's close by. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I like live in the studio right now. No, I feel you. I feel like that's where I'm most comfortable. Definitely most comfortable in the studio. Yeah, like it's fun going out and performing what we've made. But unless you switch it up every night, like I love the creative process, I think more. It's a little repetitive. 
yeah, it's repetitive. And it's just like, you know, you're going to do the same thing. So like usually when I'm on tour and if I'm on tour for a while, I'll start kind of experimenting with drum parts or making parts that are not halftime, halftime, or just new versions of the songs. Yeah, it feels like Groundhog Day some days, you know? No, 100%. Did you spend a lot of time during the pandemic in the studio? I did. We finished up tickets during that time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, in a time where everyone was kind of chilling at home, we were like... I don't know, fuck it. We're going to take this time to just work together and, and finish the album. I feel like it was such a time of just focus. Like, I know that I can't sit with my mind for too long without at least doing something a little bit creative. Same. Like, I started to learn Pro Tools. I'm so upset I didn't continue, but... Oh, um, wow. Pro Tools. Yeah, it was really fun just to, like, learn and record myself at home. I've always been so, like, intimidated by Pro Tools. It seems so complicated. <laughs> I've spent so much of my time producing and writing and just being like the creative part of it that when COVID and quarantine happened and I was locked in my house, my hands were tied and I didn't like that. So that was kind of why I started the process of learning Pro Tools because people would hit me up and say, oh, can you add drums to this? Can you mess with this arrangement? And I'm like, well, I've always depended on someone. I've always depended on an engineer to help me or like, someone but it was great because i also knew what i was good at and knew like i'm not going to be a wizard at pro tools overnight i i firmly believe like know what you're good at and let people around you that are good at other things do them and, and really add to whatever you're doing and make it better so i think just being like quarantined like made me open up that box of worms and trying to like figure out pro tools and just you know, still be able to work during such like a weird time where we were confined to our house. Yeah, I, I think that as an artist, when you feel like you can't make your art, that's just such a scary feeling. I completely feel you like being like, no, I'm just not going to have that. Like I, no matter how long this takes me, like I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to do this. So you started trying to learn how to do Pro Tools. I started trying to learn how to play the cello. No way. Yeah, during quarantine, I, I started trying to learn how to play the cello, and that was quite a journey. I uh, still sit down and, and play it sometimes, but I just realized really, really, really how much work it really takes. And I was like, wow, I don't know if, if I can do this at this specific moment in my life. Yeah, I feel like I've done that to guitar a few times. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Maybe I'll come back in like a year and be like, okay, now I'm ready. Who knows? You play guitar every night though, right? On stage? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, it would be, I would feel, I would feel empty if I didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, you're so good too. And I feel like that just separates you from everybody. We have this conversation all the time. Like it's you. Thank you. There's not really anyone else in your space and it's just, it's just awesome. And you've made such a great body of work. It's been a struggle. But right now on this tour and, and this album, I feel like I'm starting to really learn how I really want to do this. And even ways that aren't creative in like, you know, business and the way that I conduct myself within the industry. Just how, how I really want to just carry myself in the world, you know? Yeah. And I love that you shaved your head. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly... Performing with a shaved head is the freest feeling. There's nothing better. Yeah. 
I agree. <laughs> we'll hear more from Travis Barker and Willow after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, listeners, I just wanted to take a second to let you know about Allstate's new lower rates. Just a little tip to help you save a lot of money. Better protection for a whole lot less. Go online or call 1-800-ALLSTATE for a quote today. We've been listening to Willow speaking with Travis Parker. She wanted his thoughts on the importance of pop punk and rock right now. Over the past two years, there has been just so much chaos in the world with the pandemic and all of the political unrest that we've seen with the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, I have a vision of why pop punk and rock music is so important during this time. But what are your thoughts about that? Like, how do you think that pop punk and rock can inspire this generation through these difficult times? I think some pop music is really, really good. There's a bunch of rap music that's really, really good, but I feel like rock and pop punk especially has more feeling. Deeply emotional and very honest. Yeah, super honest. Jaden, one of the artists that I work with, all he listened to was rap music going into like him making his own music. And I was like, I grew up on rap music too, but I was always looking for songs that I could relate to, whether it was like being lonely or being heartbroken. And I yeah. feel like that's where like pop punk found him. Totally. I feel like through those just dark times and through that pain, I feel like music and specifically rock for me and pop punk for me, it just hits me in that place of like full and utter expression with no filter. And I feel like right now, I know for the health of my mind and my emotional state, like sometimes you really just need to let out that anger and that sadness that you feel for the world and for yourself and for everything that's going on so that you can be like, okay, cool. Like I got all of that out. Now let me try to, you know, make a change. Let me try to do something that I can do in my everyday life to uplift this world and uplift others and just music is such a great tool. And I feel like you are just such an inspiration to so many kids who just want to express themselves and just want to put love and creativity into the world through their art. Oh, thank you so much. That's super sweet. And I do think, I don't think there's like a ton of genres of music that can do this. 100%. I mean, like it's exciting rock music's back and there's no other in my opinion, strong, talented female that plays guitar that's even in this genre of music or comes close to it. But at the same time, like what's frustrating about it? You know, I, I think I'm going to start with the thing that excites me. I feel like we are going into a new era where this generation is just blurring so many lines and really starting to just break out of all the boxes. And I feel like that's so beautiful and such an evolution because in order for the music industry and for music to evolve, humans have to evolve the way that we hear it and what we value in it. And I think 
that's slowly but surely happening over time for the better. Just like you said, you know, rock is back. I think that a lot more people are starting to gravitate towards artists who write and play their own music, who work, you know, really hard on their craft, which is very exciting. I think the thing that's scary or kind of discouraging is there's still this current that's really holding on strong of just trying to follow the crowd and trying to be cool regardless of morals or like compassion or care for other human beings and you know not just in actions but like in the content that some of this music is having and like I I personally think that if you listen to music that has negative content or hateful content that that energy is living in your mind and living in your heart and I think that that's you know something to be aware of in this generation as well but I think everything is in divine order and I'm just so grateful for, you know, people like you because even you calling me and being like, hey, I really think you would sound great on this MGK record. Like to be a black woman, to be able to come on that song and write my verse with my, you know, outlook on life and just being able to be authentically me on that song, like those are the kinds of things that are just going to just make more people feel seen. And that's the most beautiful part about music. Yeah. I mean, like you on email prom, you shine. <laughs> like when we first presented it to you, we were like, yeah, we even have like a verse written. Your verse was insane compared to ours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you so much. <laughs> How you said earlier, it's like the content people are putting out that's the lowest hanging fruit to kind of do what everybody else is doing. And it's high risk, high reward with what you're doing. Even like what we did when we made tickets to my downfall and we brought it to Interscope, they thought we were crazy. They were like, this is like live music. This is guitars. It's drums. This music's not popular. And we were just like, no, this is the body of work we made that we're really proud of. And this is what we're doing and we're sticking to it you making the music you make and being like this strong female that's fucking talented and writes her own music and produces her own music says so much in a time of, you know, I think that we're just getting out of where like a lot of music meant nothing or it just, there's no message. It's amazing what you're doing. Thank you so much. I'm just so grateful to just have this conversation with you and to call you a friend in my life and someone that I look up to and someone that inspires me. I can't wait to hear that song that you want to send me. And I know I'm like a broken record, but gratitude is the only, the only path. <laughs> You'll find a version of this conversation and many others in the November issue of Rolling Stone on newsstands right now. Musicians on Musicians is produced by Jasmine Morris and me. Executive producers are Gus Wenner, Jason Fine, Simon Bozik levinson Brian Shaka, and myself. Interview and scripting help by Samantha Hissong. Our senior producer is Jasmine Morris. Mixing by Jarrett Floyd. Bridget Shelsey is our production manager. Fact-checking by John Bernstein. Dan Halperin is executive producer for Rolling Stone Video, and Kimberly Alea is co-executive producer. For Rolling Stone, I'm Christian Hort. On our next episode, Ludacris and Gunna. <laughs>